Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting. Oh! Let him play. You bet one one bone to win nineteen. I'm where? What site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? Like, they let you do fifty cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain, comes out, and like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big basketball show. Coming to you from the Dave in the City studios at the home of champions, Southern California. We're here to do another NBA report as we segue to another basketball event, the... The NCAA College Basketball Tournament. So next week, we're going to give you full-on coverage of the uh, of probably one of the great events of the year in sports. Um, so we're going to have our friend, I hope Kristen Syrac- Syracuse can join me for the full preview. And if we can, we're going to try to, we're gonna, I'm going to reach out to Tommy and Andy. We'll see if we can get together for the selection show in the day or so prior to our, our full preview. So... Uh, Monday or Tuesday week we'll do the selection we'll do the selection show selection recap basically and then the full tournament preview on Wednesday night so big night big big week coming up for us next week on the show so while we get ready for that we'll tell you about what's happening in the NBA and Chris has joined me to break down what's to come in the second half the first half pretty good a lot of surprises a lot of disappointments go to the all-star break not much to talk about there the game wasn't that good but we still had a uh, we still had a good break for a l- number of the players, and now we'll tell you about the second half as we give you our second half predictions, along with some late breaking news for you on this week's edition of the report. Let's jump in. The NBA report for March the tenth. The Spurs have parted ways with LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, they've gone to go their set. They've opted to go their separate ways. I am told that he is on the last uh, year of his contract. In fact, I was told by our friend Chris in Georgia this this detail. So I I, am, I understand they're probably just going to buy out the rest of his, his contract. Um, and in the in the remainder of this season, uh, a contender could sign him for what I would imagine would be a vet's minimum. So. It's a little sad. I mean, you're a Spurs fan. You've watched LaMarcus Aldridge for a good number of years, but the team doesn't really fit him anymore. So that's the situation for the Spurs. And with that, we'll we'll get in, we'll talk about where he's going next, plus our second half predictions. So there are five predictions we're each going to give you. We will predict four things for sure. We'll predict the we'll predict who will get the top seeds in the NBA on the East and the West. We will predict the MVP. We will predict the Rookie of the Year. We'll predict um, who's going to make the run. In you know, like who's going to be the team that makes a big run in the second half. And then there'll be a fifth prediction. And I think uh, Chris in Georgia, who now joins us, uh, has a good idea for that fifth prediction. But uh, welcome back to the show, Chris. How's it going tonight? Good. Thanks for having me, Dave. Good to be back. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's good to have you back. I. I you know, I, I missed you. We we had some 
some interesting basketball in the last week or so. Things did wind down. We had the break. We had a like, all-star game that arguably shouldn't even, you know, maybe it was better not playing it, but I didn't really kill the NBA for doing it. I mean, obviously they wanted to fulfill their, their contractual obligations, and they made the most of it. I thought it was fine. Like, I don't have much to say about the game. I mean, it wasn't even that good a game. It was a 20-point blowout by Team LeBron, which which just seemed unfair. Like, it, they had LeBron and Dame and Curry on the same team, and Giannis? It's like, that. that's not fair. I, I don't even know how they did that. How, how did LeBron end up getting to pick all those guys? Like, it, I was just blown away that they were all on the same side. But, uh, but anyway, your thoughts, uh, I mean, I guess... I didn't really mean to get into that, but um, I did see some of the game. I know you did too, but that's pretty much it. I don't really have a lot to say. I just think it was just an overwhelming advantage for Team LeBron. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. And KD uh, picked Embiid, who who actually turned out couldn't play, so that was a big uh, disadvantage there. Um, but yeah, I agree. It wasn't it wasn't very entertaining. I don't know. I, I feel like. You know, we, we talk about it every year. The All-Star game is like when I was a kid, it was exciting because it was it was really your one chance to see a lot of these guys. But, you know, I'm at the point now where – and I think you are too. Like you, you get to see all these guys, you know, when, yep. almost whenever you want. I mean, yep. like if you have league pass, you can, you can watch, you know, some guys who aren't on good teams. You can watch them every night if you want. I mean, so there's no like surprises or anything like that. Um, it was entertaining, um, but uh, for a little bit. But you know, it was it, the game was never really in doubt, and uh, so um, I did. I actually turned it off in the fourth quarter. No, and 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 it worked out certainly this time because unlike last year, where you had the Elam system um, lending itself to a great, exciting finish, the Elam ending was used again, but it was still a blowout. It was just that that overwhelming of a game. So. Um, you made the right call on that one, and that's all we have to say. There was really nothing. I mean, the slam dunk was weird. Doing it at halftime, I wasn't even sure that that was watching it live because it was. I wasn't used to that. I don't remember a damn thing about that about that slam dunk. I I'm at, I don't know. Maybe it was good, but I have no feel, no feel about about that. Um. So that's the first half, and that's it in a nutshell. In the first half, the Jazz were the were the talk of the NBA. They have the best record in the Western Conference, and I think I'll look at the standings, but I think they have the best record in the entire NBA uh, as of the end of of the first half, and with and with twenty seven wins, that is the fact. That is in fact the case, but. A lot of people have been saying that the big surprise is not really the Jazz being number one, but the Phoenix Suns being number two. And you look at there and you're just like, wow, really? Now, I don't think that's going to stay that way, but you got to give them a lot of credit. I think that's really interesting. So I'll give it to you for first half thoughts. I mean, a lot of the teams we expected to be at the top are there. Uh, the Nets, once they traded for James Harden, were expected to be a real contender. And, you know, despite their defensive issues, They've lived up to it. I mean, they are the two seed now. I don't see any reason for them to fall off farther than, like, third. And you've got the Sixers and the Bucks uh, on either side of them in the standings. You know, pretty predictable there. So uh, your thoughts on the first half before you get into our predictions? Yeah, I think the Suns have to be the biggest surprise. I think we both thought they'd be pretty good, but um, 
but you know, you, you're right. I mean, like a 24 win team at the half, I, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just shows you how much, you know, having a really quality point guard um, can, you know, can kind of, can help your, help your, uh, your team. And that's what they have in Chris Paul. Um, one of the thing about the Suns is that surprised me, I guess, is how actually just how deep they are. Um, you know, when you have like Jay Crowder coming off the bench, Saric, who was the Sixers pick a number of years back, who's, uh, who's really uh, kind of matured into a nice uh, supporting role. And, um, and some others like Etwan Moore. I mean, they, they, Cameron Johnson, we kind of, I, or at least I did, kind of mocked that pick a few years ago, um, has really become, out of North Carolina, became uh, a premier uh, outside shooter. And, and he's really helped them a lot. So, yeah, the Suns, in my opinion, are the biggest surprise. The, the Jazz, too, and you, you correctly pointed that out. Um, I, I, I mean, I think no one thought that they would be quite this good. They, they had that one stretch where they went about 10 in a row. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think those, those you kind of covered. Um, and then in the East, you know, the, the Nets, I think we thought they'd be good. Um, you know, we sort of wanted to do like a sort of wait and see uh, after the hard trade. But um, to me, they look like the team to beat. Uh, but you know the top is is pretty stout with the Sixers who've been excellent. You got Embiid who's been fantastic. He's been amazing, having one of the best seasons of his career. The Bucks still up there. You know they're still you know I mean they're only two games back of the lead. So um, so they're 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 strong obviously. So yeah I mean uh, and then I mean another surprise too is the Knicks at nineteen and eighteen who. Uh, you know, I, I I thought they would be one of the worst teams in the league, and uh, you know they've got like important contributions. Like John uh, uh, Randall um, has really uh, stepped up his game, become a solid, much more well-rounded player. Uh, so that, that I would count them as a big surprise, just because I didn't think they'd be in, um, you know, in. in in the playoff hunt, and then they are right now. Currently, they're the five seeds. So, Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think they, you know, unless they totally fall apart. I mean, it, it's tight around the bottom of the East, uh, the five through ten seeds. But I, I suspect they're going to be, you know, they'll probably stick it out for a while. Uh, and then, yeah, and also in the West, um, hmm, uh, the the Spurs are another one. They're, that's a nice story because they're they're like you mentioned Aldridge moving on and uh, that's a young team and they got a lot of nice young players and uh, you know, they're, 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 they've been kind of a surprise to me anyways. Can we stay on that for a second? I I, I think we do need to cover this in a little detail because Aldridge is there for almost like roughly a decade. And I I think this is quite a, uh, a past, a sign of, of a new era in San Antonio. I, I'm not necessarily surprised that they did it, but it's to me. It carries a little tinge of sadness because it reflects a changing of the guard there. Um, and I admit, I haven't seen a I haven't seen a Spurs game in a while. Like they're they're on NBA TV tonight, but I don't have it on. I have ACC tournament on instead. Um, but it's um, it's a bummer. But it makes a lot of sense because like, I feel like they don't want to pay all that extra money anymore. It, it pretty much is the last year of the deal. 
And so why not? I think I have to go back and see whether they because it's just happened. Like the very before we're going to air. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts about Aldridge in perspective. Like what what is his value to the Spurs? Was it worth it having him there all this time? Because he's a very dependable player. Um, what were your What are your thoughts on Aldridge's Spurs career as he departs? Well, I mean, he, he, he yeah, he's been there for about I think six years now, and um, you know, at the time when when they they acquired him, it just looked like it was going to be death for the rest of the of the NBA. I mean, they just looked stacked, but it it really didn't quite materialize the way. Um, the way I thought it might at the time. Uh, and yeah, I just think like the Spurs are, like I said, they're a young team um, and they don't really want to um, block some of these young players and they, they want to increase the minutes for, for guys like, you know, like a Keldon Johnson and, a, and Lonnie Walker and, the, and those types of players. So they just want to, you know, give them more minutes and um, but the, the the interesting thing is that you you mentioned as a buyout, and I, I suspect that's what will eventually happen. But according to the Spurs, they are fielding trade offers. Yep, I'll uh, see that here. I don't. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, what he's, is, he's pretty old, right? So it's like I don't think they're going to get a trade either because it's just not. You know, like what would you get back? <laughs> what then, would you get back and it's like to make that money work i think it's 24 million yeah i mean it's well i mean prorated over the rest of the season so you have that but still it's you know i i, I don't i don't know how you know how valuable he is to another team that you know that they would want to trade for him and what what would the spurs get in return right i mean like so they're trying to get rid of money and and would would uh I mean, this is an expiring. What, what would you know? What would they trade it for another expiring? I don't know. It just, I don't see it. I mean, there are teams that have you know trade exemptions that could, you know, maybe work something out. But I, I just, I don't see a fit for for anyone mm-hmm. um, that falls in that category. And um, you know, like the two big trade exemptions, I think are like, I mean, Boston has the big one, um, and. Uh, I think that um, Oklahoma City has one. And what, what are they going to, you know, they're going to trade, you know, for LaMarco Soldridge? No. I, mean, no. I, just, <laughs> I just don't see a big fit there. So um, I suspect it'll, it'll, be, it'll ultimately be a buyout. And, um, you know, he'll be able to go to, uh, you know, an upper echelon team where, you know, like where he can uh, – uh, you know, I, I said the Clippers just off the top of my head, but um, a team like that where yeah. they're they're really good, and um, you know, he could be a nice bench piece. So yeah, that's my thought too. I feel like his next place will be a veteran team, whether it's within this season through a buyout or even next season in free agency. Um, which I don't think would, like you said, I don't think it's going to come to that. I think he'll be bought out before that happens. Um, and and the Spurs want to do a trade, but again the chances of that are not great. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think, you know, a team that's already built to win, obvious choice. I think Clippers is a great call. I, you know, I didn't really think about that, but you, you, that's a great, that's a great idea. That's a great thought. It's a great prediction. And, um, and then. I mean, look, the Clippers are starting Nick Batum on most games. I mean, it's like, it, it, don't tell me they don't have, you know, a need for a, like a big forward like that. Yeah. 
And speaking of the Clippers, one thing we didn't talk about, Dave, was, and we're talking about buyouts, so this is a, hopefully a smooth transition, is Blake Griffin did get bought out and ended up on the Brooklyn Nets. So um, that's a kind of, that I see a kind of a similar, like a parallel between Aldridge and Blake in that case. Two yeah. guys kind of near the end. Um, I mean, difference is Aldridge has one year left, and I think Blake, I can't remember how many years he has left, but just, you know, in that kind of, in that kind of same situation where um, Aldridge might go to a team that is a contender like that. I think the funny thing is that people were, were also take, speculating that Griffin would go back to the Clippers. I think that's funny. Just just think of him back on the clips. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he'd be willing to go back after they did him like that. But it would – I mean, I think he'd be a good fit for the team in basketball terms. I just wonder if he'd be ready to embrace the the franchise in, after the fact. I mean, it'll be interesting. But uh, could yeah, you I mean, they... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. I'm not, I, 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 I'm, I, what were you, you going to say? Well, I, I was just going to say, I think I would think there would have to be some bad blood there because when they signed Blake um, to that huge contract, he was only there a year and then they trade him to the Pistons, which is, I mean, let's face it. It's, it's, you know, that's, as, that's about as bad as you, you mean had. like a year into that contract or like, or... yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, when, okay. when the Clippers signed him to that huge deal, it was it was a year after that. Right, right, right. A year Maybe right, less. Yeah. I, I it felt like a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't very long. Yeah, yeah. So I I would have to think there's some bad blood there. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, they've got they, you can't discount that. I I really think that there is something to that. And like I don't think you would easily like put that aside. That's kind of it's embarrassing. Like to go to Detroit of all places, like you said, like that's just. That's embarrassing, and the, he does not have anything to show for it. The, the Pistons did not make the playoffs during any of that time he's been there. They are brutal right now. We were talking about in an earlier show how pesky they were, but at the end of the day, they still were bad, and that that little run ended pretty quickly. In fact, they only have 10 wins, 10 wins out of everybody, so they're dead last in the East. So the point is, I think Blake is going to a better place now, and – it could be the Clippers, but the two of us don't really see it coming because, gosh, I mean, he basically the Clippers are responsible for him having roughly two to three years of misery, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's right. I mean, and that's always, you know, forever when when someone uh, you know complains about you know guys like LeBron, like when they when they put a team together and they're like yeah i want to, I want to get ad here or you know with the, the big three like in miami for example and i'm like well you know ultimately the players don't owe the team anything because yeah. <laughs> the team teams will go out and just trade you and and you know even if you have a big contract like like blake did they will they will dump you and unceremoniously because mm-hmm. Like had been there for a long time, and there were, yeah. there were, they kind of they really kind of built that up when they when he signed that contract. That oh, this that. is you know he's like Mr. Clipper, and he's like you know he, they had all these perks in his contract, and and it, they shipped him off like right quick after that after that deal was signed. So, but he's with he's with Brooklyn, and uh, and that that's official now. So 
just wanted to point that out because I think last time we talked that had not gone down. You're right. It, it, we did not. We did not cover that. We haven't been on a show for like three, two or three weeks. So I think it may, it may, it may have been like two weeks. Yeah. So that did happen inside of the two weeks. So, um, you know, my best wishes to Blake Griffin. And I think certainly he may at least find a better environment, if not a better team. So, because it, it doesn't get worse in Detroit, <laughs> to be honest. That's pretty bad. But uh, good luck to him. We'll see. So let's do our predictions. In the West, we talked about how great things were. And uh, for Utah, we'll see if that continues. So we start our predictions with, let's see, we can do top seeds, MVP, rookie of the year, second half run. So let's do the individual predictions first. And then we'll do the team predictions. And then we'll have a wild card prediction, which actually is really interesting. You said who gets moved. That's a good predict. That's a good idea for a prediction. So we could do that. Um, we'll do that in there. So MVP, let's start there. A lot of talk about LeBron getting MVP, but in recent days, the talk has been squarely on Joel Embiid. So it it's likely to be one of the two. Who do you think wins the MVP in the second half, Chris? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's kind of a ridiculous award because, I mean, the reality is that LeBron probably should have about seven or eight of them right now. And he basically doesn't get votes anymore. <laughs> I mean, the, the, at some point, the writers decide, okay, this guy's had enough and they're on to the next. And that might be where they are with Giannis right now because mm-hmm. what he won a back-to-back years and – it might be that point where they're like, well, Giannis, he's won enough and um, and it's someone else's turn. And and B, you know, I mean, to be fair, he's been really, really good. He's been sensational, actually. He's, I, I think I brought up on the last show how he, he's shooting over 40% from three, 41.6% from three. And he's taking, you know, decent volume. He's taking three, three, three shots a game from back there. So, um, so yeah, he's kind of, he's really rounded out his game. He's averaging over 30 points per game. Uh, I mean, almost across the board, his numbers are up. I mean, rebounds are about, about steady, but even uh, blocks are up a little bit, uh, steals. So uh, he's really up his game. Um, but I, I, I tend to agree I don't know. I mean, I tend to agree that it's probably between Embiid and and uh, and LeBron, but I, I would I'd suspect just uh, th- there's always this novelty um, aspect to the award, and they always want to give it to someone new. That um, it will be Embiid's award at the end of the at the end of the uh, after the season. That's that's great because I agree with you. I think it's going to be Embiid's award as well. He has been unbelievable. He's been really, really good. Like he he's averaged. There was a stretch where he averaged thirty five points a game, and this is over like a couple weeks. He's been everywhere. I, I mean, he has just been the mo- one of the most dominant players in in any level of the sport over the course of the season. He's been good. Like I I just I don't think there's a debate. Between him and LeBron, that's a joke. Like that's nobody's doing more for his team than Embiid right now. I think Giannis is a good pick, yeah, definitely. But 
I think the fact is that the Sixers, number one, they're in a bigger market, so more people know about him. But but he's having an exceptional year. And the thing is that, that really makes the difference is that he's healthy. You hear so many times, like, oh, he's going to miss, like, several weeks for this or that. Uh, very minor injury news on his from as far as he's concerned this year. He will rest occasional games, like on a back-to-back or something like that, but he's been very, very healthy, and, and he's been able to play consistently, and that is why I think he's having such a great year. And and not only that, but I feel like he's just kicked another gear. He seems like he's hungry, doesn't it? Like, even more than normal. Like, he really wants to win, and and that's why I think... It's a good choice, Chris. I, I think it is. And even though it's an easy choice for the two of us, it's it's just it's just a really it's really a reward for him putting all the effort into the season because he really wants this. And and I gotta say, good for him. So it's yeah, that, that's my feeling. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think I I think also the health is the biggest thing because he definitely has had a. Uh, uh, you know, sort of a, um, well, just, uh, he's had a lot of injuries. Let's face it. I mean, he basically didn't play his first year in the league um, for over more than a year, actually. And, um, but I, I also think like there's another aspect too. It's like, you know, you have a new coach, you have Doc there, who's, who's a good coach, right? I mean, he's not, I mean, he's probably in the top third of NBA coaches and, um, and I also think, you know, Maury kind of pulled the right strings and, and got him a nice supporting cast and kind of uh, just manipulated on the fringes there of that roster. And so I feel like he has like confidence in, in a lot of his teammates now. And uh, it, it's, it's all kind of working. And, 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 and then you, you tack on the fact that the Sixers are in first place right now. So that makes a big difference because – you know, you could have a guy having an amazing year, like, you know, like a Bradley Beal, who I think is the leading scorer in the NBA, but he's never going to get any votes because they're awful. So, I mean, if, if the Sixers were a third or fourth place team, Embiid would be interesting, but I think, uh, you know, it's sort of like Giannis the last two years where they, they kind of ran away with the East. Um, and so you couldn't ignore his game. So. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like that's pretty solid. Uh, you know, hopefully he stays healthy, and uh, um, but I, I suspect it's going to be Embiid. Yeah, Embiid, and and would this be his first MVP? I don't know, but certainly, even if it isn't his first, this is this is going to be a great. Award. Yeah, it's his first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, so very good. So we move on to Rookie of the Year, and here you've got some really good candidates. You've got Anthony Edwards, not the guy from ER, but the guy who uh, is out of Memphis. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, he's out of he's out of Georgia, I think. And um, you, come again, Bulldogs. Yeah, Georgia. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right. Yeah, he was good. He, I did see him. I didn't see a whole lot of James Wiseman because he opted out of the rest of the season when he was playing for Memphis. But we do see him today in the pros playing for Golden State. And I think injuries has are are big are big reason for that. I mean, Clay's been out um, the entire season. Uh, Draymond has been out for periods of the season because yeah, he's gimpy, he's older, so he doesn't play all the time. So we see a lot of James Wiseman, and he's been decent this year, year having a pretty good year. But the guy I think that everyone's talking about is Lamelo Ball, and he's just been doing it all for Charlotte. 
and the Hornets are in the playoff hunt for sure. That's a good team. Um, so he and Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, who they signed in free agency to a big contract, and uh, P.J. Washington, very interesting team, but Ball is, seems to be the straw that stirs the drink. He can pass, he can shoot, he can rebound. I mean, the guy is a very versatile player. and His three-point shooting is definitely a cut above his brother, Lonzo, over on the Pelicans. But uh, Rookie of the Year, some good choices, Chris. Who are you going to pick? Yeah, it's it's an outstanding class. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I mean, this this class is loaded. I mean, you you have to like what you're seeing up and down. You know, you mentioned Edwards, who was the, who was the first pick in the draft. Um, Wiseman, who's been really good for Golden State. Um, you know, there there've been uh, Tyrese Halliburton of of the Kings has been outstanding. He's been excellent. He's shooting forty three percent from three. And he's kind of been, you know, he's been, uh, he's been league guard quality, but, you know, he plays with De'Aaron Fox in, in, in Sacramento. So he's kind of taken a back seat. but man, I saw him against the Celtics and he killed them uh, from the outside. Uh, you know, and, and then uh, I mentioned him last time, Manuel quickly from the Knicks, who's been incredible. Um, I think he was picked in the, in the late twenties, um, and he's been outstanding. I think 25, he went, I can't remember, but a guy out of Kentucky has been outstanding. Um, there, there, there are a lot of really good players in this draft. And, um, but I think you're right. I think LaMelo Ball has been head and shoulders. I would feel very confident that he'll end up as rookie of the year. Um, I just think, you know, he's been, he's been somewhat of a surprise because, uh, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't really have a good sense of his shooting, and um, he's been excellent. He's shooting almost thirty-eight percent from three. Um, he's he's an eighty percent free throw shooter. I mean, just amazing. He's been so excellent, and just and his assists, um, highlight reel kind of assist, and that kind of passer. It's just it's so rare to find. So I, I would be very surprised if it isn't Lamelo. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there, there are a lot of really good ones in this draft. So I'm, I'm kind of excited, you know, I'm like excited to see some of these guys grow. I mean, uh, and, and, and mature over the next few years. Cause, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's fun because we, we didn't, you know, we, I feel like we got robbed of like real draft talk just because of COVID and we didn't get to see college. And, That's true. And, they, they really and there was be. no, there was no hype. And then, then the, then the draft was in, you know, in the fall, which was really weird. Um, so, uh, so we'll see. I think, I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be exciting to, uh, to, to watch these guys uh, as they, as they, uh, you know, just, just get better and improve. So. It's quite a class. I, I mean, it's it's really great. You went with Ball. I'm going with Ball as well. I, I think he has just been in a class that has been very good and very deep. He's a cut above all of those guys. So that really shows you how special he truly is. And to do it without really any kind of, you know, without coming from a college program that people know about. He came from an Australian, from the Australian League. I mean, that really just goes to show you the power of the Ball brand. And we know that because uh, Lonzo Ball already had established himself as a, as a guy. But this, but La LaMelo just took the ball 
took the ball train and made took it to a new just even bigger and better places. I mean, he and people really did like him. Like you talk about the draft experts and the guys who follow prospects. They really did think that he was going to be better than Lonzo for the whole way. And, and he has absolutely exceeded the expectations so far. And and so really kudos to him for for putting in the effort to make that happen. Like he really wants it. So so it's exciting. One thing I'll say about Lonzo is that he really has improved to the point where I, I wasn't sure, you know, because this is the last year of his, contra- of his rookie contract, and I, I wasn't even sure exactly what New Orleans, you know, what their plans were for him. I mean, I thought potentially they, they could trade him at the deadline. I don't think that's the case at all. I think they want to keep him because he's been really good. I mean, we always kind of knew what kind of passer he was, but Dave, he's shooting thirty-eight percent from three. I mean, he's been outstanding. So uh, I, I suspect they're going to um, they're going to try to lock him up uh, long term because he's been such a such a valuable piece for them. So, but um, I didn't want to derail the rookie discussion. But I just thought thought I'd interject with that. Well, he has been shooting better from three. We already talked about his defense and. Um... Lonzo is certainly playing a lot better lately, so I, I can't, I can't throw him under the bus at all with uh, his recent play. And they need it too because they've really been up and down. The Pelicans. I won't get into that tonight, but they should be better than they are. There's no doubt. And um, I know that you listened to the Ringer NBA show and then the companion show that just spun off from it, the mismatch with Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor and. Those guys are killing Stan Van Gundy. What's interesting is they don't use his name, but you know they're talking about him because they're like, well, why don't they play Zion more? Why don't they make the ball go through Zion? And they've been doing this every week. And it's like this is a very thinly veiled assault on Stan Van Gundy. I don't know. You know, they're right. They should be giving the ball to Zion more. He doesn't get the ball enough, and there's no reason to not to do that. Like, so... Yeah, that's next week. <laughs> I don't want to get into that now, um, but I'm sure you'd agree. Else next week. What's yeah, that? no, I it's no, it's funny. I was thinking that I was watching them. Like Zion has the potential in you know in the low post to just be a just a monster because he'll get to the line a lot. You know, yeah. I mean, I think if you if you keep feeding it to him down there, he's going to score. You're going to get a lot of in one situations. And, uh, you know, when I, the few occasions I have watched them, um, I, I wondered kind of the same thing. Like, why, why is this not, you know, I mean, I, I understand there, there are probably some concerns, you know, just keep him fresh and all that. But, um, but yeah, I would just be feeding him in the low blocks constantly. I just feel like he's, he's uh, underused. Absolutely. Right on. Yeah, yeah, I got I got you, I got you, yeah. So, now we go to our next prediction. And we we predict the top seeds in either conference. So, top seed in the East, top seed in the West. So, this isn't much of a setup. So, well, who do you think will be the top seed in the East at the end of the season? And who will be the top seed in the West? Uh, East first, huh? I'm going to go with, and I know we talked about Philly, and we talked about how Embiid is, you know, MVP. Um, but I'm going to go with Brooklyn just because I think 
you know, we're just kind of seeing what they can do and how, how uh, effective having a, I mean, honestly, we haven't really seen those three guys play together. And by those three guys, I'm talking about Harden, um, Kyrie and, and, uh, and KD. Um, we haven't seen them play together a ton. They've still been amazing. So I suspect they're going to kind of shore up some of their depth that they lost when, when they did trade for Harden through, um, through some of the buyouts. I mean, you mentioned Blake already, but um, I could see someone like Drummond ending up on that team just as a, you know, as a backup center. Uh, if uh, Cleveland were to, um, you know, to buy him out, which I think is likely. Uh, so, so keep an eye on that. Cause I think, you know, those, those, those types of players will, um, will look to, uh, to the elite teams. So I, I, I suspect, um, I suspect they'll, they'll, they'll get better and deeper, um, as we go along. So I, I like Brooklyn in the East. Do you want me to do the West or you want yeah, to do go ahead and do the West too. Okay. So in the West, um, shoot, I mean, I, I, you know, all, you know, I, I, kind of assumed it would be the Lakers. Um, the Jazz have been so um, incredible, but, um, you know, it's, it's just, if, if AD were healthy, I would be, I'd still be on the Lakers, but uh, I don't, you know, what, what is the timetable for him to come back? Cause I, I, I don't have a good feel for that, but. I think they've been very, they have been very close to the vest on that. I think they were yeah. saying like mid March, which would be now, but. There's no, real, no, there's real, no, there's no real incentive for them to bring him back in mid March. Just, just keep him down until the start of the playoffs. They'll probably be fine. Yeah, I, that's and that's the way I, I feel about them. Is like if they really put the pedal into the metal, it would be the Lakers. But I don't think they, you know, you know, they have one title under their belt. They they want to keep LeBron and AD fresh, um, which is smart. I mean, because AD's, you know, he's, he has had some injuries and LeBron is, what is he, 36 now? Um, so I will, I mean, this is not even that exciting. I'll, I'll, I'll say the Jazz, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would love to go out on a limb and like, Phoenix, man. Yeah, Phoenix. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like, um, I feel like Phoenix might fall back to the pack a little bit. Not, you know, I think, still think they'll be in the top four, but uh yeah let's I'll, I'll i'll stick with the jazz just because they can they can score in bunches um i don't know that they're you know that's a measure of playoff success i think like you know i think they, they might have some some struggles there but uh just as a three-point shooting team they're incredible and they play good d they're one that i think they're still the top ranked in defensive ratings so i will stick with the jazz in the West as the number one seed. I know those are boring picks, but those are good picks, really. Especially the Jazz. Like I there's nothing about that that says that they're gonna fall off or anything. They've done plenty to prove that it's not an anomaly. They're not just getting hot at the right time. Like this is a really, really good team, period. They play great defense. You know, and that those those are teams I trust more. Teams that have consistently play good defense. They've been very good at keeping people out of the paint all year long. So that should be enough to power them through a lot of regular season wins, even when their shot isn't falling. But the shot is falling. It's falling really well. They've, they've had their best season shooting from three as a team in a long time. And particularly, you get see guys like Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. and I don't know about Conley, but, but <laughs> Mitchell for sure. 
Clarkson just dynamite off the bench. It's just insane how well he's playing um, off the bench these these days. So I don't you – know, that's not the kind of thing that's going to fade in like two months. So I feel like they're going to be just fine in terms of finishing out the regular season. So I too will pick the Jazz to win the West. And for the East, another boring pick. I'm going to go with the Sixers to take the East even though – I don't, I don't think the Nets is a bad call at all. I really think that th- that team, when you talk about a big spot, it's a dangerous team. And as much as we love Embiid, as much as we love Ben Simmons, I just think that these other guys, Kyrie and and KD and and James Harden, all can do, can be very creative in getting their shot right. Like they have very good creativity. Whereas with Embiid, he's pretty much just going to be in the post. He's not going to be you know, spotting up for three a lot. And neither is Simmons for that matter. They both really are big inside the paint. They're paint guys. So they don't really have a lot to offer to you outside of the paint. Um, they're both great defenders. And that's the sort of a key difference in terms of what they do on that end of the court. Because the other three guys, yeah, they're okay. You know, Harden is just... Okay, he's not good. Let me just say he's not good. Um, Irving, I have no feel for. You would have a better feel for him because he played for the Celtics for a while. Um, and then Durant is, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I guess neutral. Like he's good, I guess. But defensively, Durant's great. He's probably their best defender right now. But, oh, I would um, agree with that yeah. <laughs> because everybody, there are a lot of guys in that team that are just subpar defensively. But there's certainly of all the guys on that roster, he's definitely their best defender. Yeah, no, he's good. I mean, he's he's. I mean, I haven't watched him a ton this year, but I mean, historically, he's he's been an elite defender, and that's why he's been, you know, an MVP and in, in that conversation year after year. But um, but yeah, I, I think that you know they've kind of made this decision that they've kind of punted on defense, and they're gonna they're gonna steamroll you, and that's 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 kind of their general approach. Is like. You're, you may score 110, but we're going to score 130 and see if you can keep up with us. Mm-hmm. And that that's their, that's sort of their gamble. So we'll yeah. see. Um, yeah. Well, they, I think, I think I, I can respect that. I can respect that they know their defense sucks. So they're not even going to try and they're just going to try to double down on their offense and then make the most, and maybe do, maybe do a little bit to slow down other teams on the other end, but I think the fact that they own it will help them. Like it's just an easier identity, so it works for now. We'll see if it's sustainable in the playoffs. We'll see. We'll see. But you know when people would talk about they're the favorites to win the East, and I have to be honest, I agree at this point because I'm thinking, well, when it comes down to a big spot, and this offense truly is prolific, and it's not just like, well, they're being prolific against bad teams. These guys have been beating everybody. Like they beat they. I don't think the Bucks have figured out how to beat them yet. I'm trying to think. Like they they had the game back in January, remember? Like if the but they beat the Bucks then, a close game, but they still won. And a uh, similar scenario with what else? Who else? Let me see. But uh, I thought that they beat. Well, I don't know if they played since that time, but yeah, they've only played once so far. Yeah, I mean, that's one that one. It was a close game, but you're it was. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's close the whole way actually. So good game, but that kind of. But when you have a close game, I will always favor the 
the Nets over the Bucks in that scenario all the time because you've got three closers on that team, whereas the Bucks have like almost zero. I mean, Giannis is obviously awesome, but I don't think of him as like a Damian Lillard type closer, right? So it's a little tricky. Whereas on the Nets, you've got three guys that can do it, and, and that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've seen this before, right? Like, you know, when, when you, you assemble a big three or a big two, it's like, well, th- this team doesn't have – they're not that deep, you know? It's like we, we saw this with the Lakers last year or we saw with Miami. But, you know, in the playoffs, you know, you play with a shorter bench anyways. And exactly. And guys get most of the minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you get eight-man rotations, and you don't have to be that deep. And unless, you know, unless you're, you have an injury, then it, it comes in handy. But – um, but depending on who that is, it may not matter. So, um, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, that, that just that three headed monster and, you know, look, all three of those guys can score and yeah. kill you. Uh, so it, that's going to be rough. That's going to be a rough, rough matchup in the playoffs. Assuming they're all healthy, that is going to be really, really difficult. That is, that is going to be su- such an interesting Eastern conference playoffs. Like I, even with the defense being as lame as it is, I really think they'll be a tough out for anybody. They would be, they, they might be favored in every series too. Like I would say they'd be favored against the Bucks. I'll check. Well, when we get to that point, well, I can check the odds. But and same idea, it'll be close. I mean, it might be more of a coin flip between them and Philadelphia, but it wouldn't surprise me at all and i'm sure it wouldn't surprise you cuz you picked them to win the east basically um <laughs> uh you would not be surprised if the nets won the eastern conference finals i mean and i wouldn't be either like i i think that that when it comes to a playoff scenario you need guys that win games in a big spot and this team has that and i would say they have definitely two harden hasn't been that guy traditionally in a big spot, but when you have the backup of two superstars next to you, maybe it won't be so difficult for him, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Harden takes a lot of, he gets a lot of flack, but, you know, he, he the best team Harden was on with, with Houston, in my opinion, was that one year, this was three seasons ago, when, when Chris Paul was on the team. And, you know, look, let's face it, they almost beat the Warriors and it had CP3 not gotten hurt, they, they, they very likely would have. Yep. And it's kind of forgotten. And, you know, I mean, he hasn't played with, with, a, uh, with a cast like this. You know, I mean, it's like P.J. Tucker, I mean, nice player, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it, he has not had the surrounding talent that he's on now where – you know he can, you know he can kind of take a backseat to Kyrie or or to KD, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I just I feel like if he has that off night, look out. I mean, because Kyrie can, you know, he can hit from anywhere. He's an excellent finisher. Um, KD is a KD is like one of the most devastating scorers I think I've ever seen in the NBA, just because he because of his size, his his range. Um, he can beat you inside. He can beat you outside. I mean, he's like, he's almost perfect. I mean, he's just, uh, just one of the most dangerous scorers I've ever seen. And, um, 
and really never kind of un was unleashed on the NBA like he could have been, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be really, really tough to to um, to beat them, particularly in the Eastern Conference. So I, I um, you know, again, assuming health, I think they're they're going to be in the finals. And I want them to stay healthy because that this is just too interesting a team to keep out of. You know, keep them not healthy. So I'm rooting for them to stay healthy the whole way, and see who they add. Do they add Andre Drummond? Do they add Blake Griffin? Do they add uh, Lamarcus Aldridge? I don't know. I mean, there's even though they don't have any cap flexibility, there are options because of these guys coming onto the free agent market. Basically, you know, guys who have just been cut loose from their respective teams, so they can sign them to a vet minimum. You know, use a Larry Bird. I don't know. But there's a lot of different there, – there's some options now coming to them uh, as far as depth. So it, that's that's just very intriguing. So and in the second half, usually a team will make a run, meaning they started maybe 10th or 12th or 15th in their conference, and then they made, the, they made a run to either make, make the season interesting, make the playoffs, or if they were already a playoff contender – they moved themselves into a top four seed. So this year, probably about anywhere up to like 10 teams that could make this kind of a run, you know, between the two conferences. Who do you think makes the second half run in the NBA, the second half? Second half run. So team that is, it, I mean, they, they may or may not be in the playoffs right now. But Correct. Like they can, they can be in the playoffs. That, that's another. That's an important factor because I, I couldn't. I didn't want to limit it just teams who were out of the playoffs because I feel like, well, what if there's a team that was like eighth, and then they just won like twenty four out of like not like twenty four. Let's say like seventeen out of twenty four games, and then they moved all the way up to like the two seed. You know, so that qualifies. I think anybody that be eligible for anybody here is eligible for a second half run. Uh, I'd have to go with one of the teams that's kind of been a disappointment to this point. And I'm, I'm thinking about Dallas or Denver or Boston that have kind of, I mean, Denver has been a mild disappointment, I guess, but Dallas, particularly Boston, who, I mean, you know, look, they're in the playoffs, but they're just kind of, kind of um, middle of the road. And, um, and I, I, I'll, I'll go with the Mavericks. Uh, just because I still think they can uh, they can make some noise and they, they have too much talent to um, you know to be kind of hanging on the fringes of the playoffs in the Western Conference. So Mavericks are my choice. They should be better, huh? I I think that's a good that's an interesting ch choice because the fact that they don't have that kind of record now is surprising. They were a four seed last year. They beat the Clip. Did they wait? Did they beat the Clippers in the playoff series? Well, I'll say this: they definitely gave them a run, right? So, they the they, Clippers beat them. In yeah, the Clippers. Series. Yeah, they did beat them. In, I think they beat them in six. So, they didn't beat the Clippers in the series, but they pushed them, which was good. Yeah, because the Clippers lost to Denver. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. That was that was the conference finals right after. No, no, no. Sorry, the conference semis right after. So yeah, yeah. That was. So you're right. That wasn't. The Mavericks didn't actually win that playoff series, but it was certainly a step in the right direction. But to see them take a huge step backwards, not expected. So you figure that they're just too good not to to, to keep to keep playing like that. 
And I can speak to tonight, too. I think they're winning. Uh, oh, that's no good. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about something else. Um, but, okay, so they... they <laughs> um, but, but in terms of the NBA, that they, they are... Uh, at least I thought they were winning. Let's take a look. But they were yeah, beating they have the a four-point lead on the Spurs okay, right, okay, at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Now the the, fourth. So here's a question. Um, can they hold off the Spurs, considering the Spurs are at this point shorthanded? I mean, I think the Aldridge is in them right now, so he's playing right now. It's just a matter just that you don't expect them to stay there, right? Um, anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, let's let's, carry, let's uh, get into... Uh, okay. Yeah, actually, Aldridge has not played in this game. I I, I suspect that they're. Do you don't think I, they're going to play him for the rest of the season? Well, I think they're going to. It sounds like they're trying to either work out a trade or, you know, a buyout is imminent. But but to the point where they wouldn't even play him in that scenario. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess they did talk about that. They did make that point. So, I suppose that's fair. Because because you know why? Because like, if he gets hurt during that period when they're trying to explore trading him and whatever. And everybody already knows he's being traded. It's like, yeah, you know, why would you, uh, why would you risk, you know, damaging your asset in that scenario? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he's not playing. So the point is this, it, because he's not playing, the Mavericks should win this game, but you know, the deal with the Mavericks in close games. Eh, I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> so we'll see. But, uh, all right, so our, our final prediction tonight is a wildcard prediction. Now, you had a good one. So your wildcard prediction is who's getting moved. So I'll ask you the question. Who's getting moved? Uh, yeah, like I, I was thinking kind of in the uh, – not to name one player who's getting moved, but the biggest name player who's getting moved is, is the way I kind of mm-hmm. was thinking about it. And it was, it's just going back to our last conversation a few weeks ago when we – I was I brought up Bradley Beal to the Nuggets as a possibility, and I I kind of outlined a trade that actually could work, you know, with with um, with Jamal Murray being the the piece, the main piece going the other way, along with uh, MPJ. Um, but I I will not repeat myself, um, and I'm just trying to think of a good player who could be available. Probably making a little bit of money, so you know teams trying to move off of him. Um, and uh, you know, there. The, let's face it, Dave. There aren't that many sellers right now, just because you know there's a load of teams in the playoff discussion right now. There are a lot of teams in the playoff hunt, and sellers are kind of few and far between. Washington would would certainly fall in that category, but I don't, again, I don't want to repeat myself, and I I, I think. Um, you know, I think uh, Beal will be traded, but I, uh, I will say, um, let's see, I will say on the Sacramento Kings, Harrison Barnes gets moved. And that is, you know, he's, he's a player who's making quite a bit of coin. Um, I, I would say healed before him, but I think healed is, is a little bit more difficult to, to trade at this point. And Harrison Barnes is exactly the kind of player I could see a team that is looking to just kind of build up a little bit of depth and get that wing who can hit the 
the big three. And it was, a, let's face it, it was a role he played very, very well with, um, with the Warriors a number of years back. So I will say Harrison Barnes is my pick. I mean, I was expecting a bigger name, but it's a good, it's a good pick, though. It's a good pick. Well, I mean, we've already had some big, big moves. I, I think you know, I, in in defense of my trade, I mean, you know, there there are really only about eight <laughs> or nine teams who are out of it, and um, you know, again, I, I did throw Beal out there, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to say it again. So, um, I mean, you know, D'Angelo Russell could. Could um, Minnesota be moving him? Sure. Um, I'll go with Barnes, though. He's actually a very useful player. So I think everything you mentioned is, is very valid. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully he finds a good spot because, you know, he's he's been good for Dallas. He's been good for Golden State before that. He was with Golden State again. So I, I think I think there's – There'll be some there. He'll he's kind of what you call a good all-around player. You pretty much broke it down pretty pretty brilliantly. My guy that gets moved, um, yeah, I'm probably gonna say Drummond, but that's very boring. But I'm just gonna say Drummond anyway. We'll see. I don't know where he's owed a lot of money. We'll see. So. Yeah, I see Drummond as kind of a buyout candidate. Does um, that count as being moved? Or does it have to be a trade? It, you know, sure, it could count. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, the, these mid-season trades are really tough because, yeah, yeah. and particularly now, because, yeah. you know, like I, I said, they're really only, <laughs> you know, the teams that are out of it. I mean, like the Pelicans are, you know, the 11th seed right now. Yeah. Are they going to be trading anyone? I, I don't <laughs> really see it. I mean, I, I like I said, I think, I, I could have seen them say, trading Lonzo Ball, but I think they'll want to keep him. So, and the team, you know, and then they've made, and let's face it, it, like they have more assets than just about any team in, in basketball right now, not named the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there, there are teams like that who are out of it, but I, I don't see them willing to uh, make a big move. I mean, another team, actually another interesting team is the Hawks with uh, John Collins, who um, who probably is going to get a big payday next year because his, his rookie deal is ending. And how much does Collins fit into their plans, uh, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the future? I, I don't know. And so he might be an interesting piece. Um, I still don't know that they're going to trade him. I still feel like the Hawks – I don't know. I, I I don't have a good feel for for the organization, but I, 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 I'd be push comes to shove. I think they'll try to keep him, but we'll, we'll see. But he, he could be a guy on the move. So I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, so I did have one other prediction I wanted to offer to you, and I and and I, and I think this is just me being a clown, but. I predict the Knicks will miss the playoffs. Now you are, now the reason why I think this is. Wait a second, we talked about we're not on the, we're not up to this one yet. Did we end up doing a second half run already? Yeah, we did that. I, I said the Mavericks. You, oh, okay, okay. I, I'm 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 completely off off kilter. 
Well, so this is like a second half fall team. Is that what this is? This is like the opposite <laughs> team. <laughs> this is kind of like, well, we both can make the the wildcard prediction what we want of it. So, um, yeah, pretty much. And there's a couple of things. Like, number one, I got to give them a lot of credit. I mean, they have definitely played above their heads. They look very good. Their defense has been tremendous for a while. I, I got to give them a lot of credit. They made a season out of a season that nobody thought would be a season. And you mentioned it yourself. You thought they were going to be terrible. And they're not. But I also think that there's only so much you can do with that limited amount of talent. I mean, they've got the rookies that are playing great. Randall's been playing great. But Randall isn't that good, honestly. So I don't think it's sustainable. And as a result, I feel like they're going to be other up-and-comers that will overtake them in the standings. Number one, the Heat. That's a very interesting candidate. I mean, it's clear they've been playing a lot better. They won seven of their last ten games. I feel like it's only a matter of time before they move into you know that four-five area of the standings. The Hornets. We already talked about them. A lot of talent. Very young team. Good team. Dynamic team. Knicks are fine, but I mean they really don't have that good of a point guard, do they? I mean maybe you're. I should look into more about Quigley, but. Uh, uh yeah for the nba right 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 right. but we're talking about the next point guard yeah, situation well, yeah no i think i think they look quickly um yeah i i will say this about randall i mean he he, he his volume on three-point shooting is up by a, one one shot per game mm-hmm. so he's uh, he's averaging 4.6 three-pointers a game mm-hmm. and his three-point percentage is up big time dave he's shooting over 40 percent from three and so I would caution you um, <laughs> when you say he's not that good because he's a much, much different player than um, he he's was even a year ago. Game. He's changed yeah. his game. And good for him. I, I, it's easy to root for him as a person because he's such a nice guy. Like, I, I don't want him to fail. I'm just saying, like, it's so abnormal to see him performing at that high a level. And perhaps it is a fundamental changing of the way he plays. And if that's the case and it's working for him, then I salute him. I won't. I don't want to pour cold water on it. It just seems that they've snuck up on teams so far, and I'm curious as to what would happen once teams adjust to them in the second half. I'm not feeling that optimistic about it, but I could be wrong. We'll see. By the way, I didn't give you my second half run pick. So you said the Mavs, and I do think that's a good pick. I'm picking the Chicago Bulls. They are ninth right now in the Eastern Conference, but they are only 16 and 18, meaning they're not that far off from being above 500. They just got two guys back from injury, Laurie Markkinen and Otto Porter Jr. They also have Zach Levine, who's had a nice season, and they've had uh, they've had Williams, they have Kobe White, they have uh, Wendell Carter Jr. It's a fun young team, and... They've been learning how to win. Like they've had a lot of close games that they lost, but I think B- Don- Billy Donovan is such a good coach. He can get them to a point where he can take some of those close losses and turn them into close wins. And I feel like over the next uh, month or so, they'll do that. They had a nice win against the Pelicans, kind of unexpected. Like the Pelicans just beat the Jazz, and like literally the next game they lose to the Bulls outright. So just gives you an idea where the potential is with the Bulls tomorrow. The Bulls are playing the Sixers. They will not win this game, but I want to see how much fight they have in this game, Chris. Don't you think this is a good litmus test for them? 
Yeah, I, I did not see you going there, but that is, that is an interesting pick. Um, yeah, I mean, we we all we've talked about their young talent. How, how uh, you know they have some some nice players. Um, yeah, I, it, it, okay, I, I'm I'm on board with that. I, I like that pick. I, 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 that is an interesting one. That um, you know that that we're not expecting. And the East is so man, it's so it's so knotted up there. Yeah. From from four to, to 10. I mean, there's really, <laughs> yeah. there's two and a half games separating, you know, seven teams. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, uh, it, it yeah, it could go a million different ways and the, and the bulls, you know, as you predicted, could, could come out on top. So we'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye on that, but yeah. it, <laughs> that, that'll be interesting to follow. Cause there, it really is tight, tight, you know, bunching of teams there, right? Or, uh, from from that four seed to the seven seed. I mean, once you get past the top three in the East, it's it's like a it might be a bit of a dogfight. It is. It's a good thing though, because these teams are pretty good. Like Indiana's good. I I think your Celtics pretty good. Kind of been struggling themselves, right? But don't you feel like well, they're fourth right now? But I I think people thought they were an easy top four seed. But they're gonna still end up being there. I yeah, I mean, you know, they get Marcus Smart back tomorrow, yeah. I think, and uh, I'm not worried about them. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. I, I, I suspect they'll still be in the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, five through ten, man. That and and like you know, we we haven't talked about the Heat. I mean, just the fact that they're five hundred. The Heat are coming right back, right? Like I mean, they, not the, yeah, I think they're making a comeback. Uh, you know, they just they were just too smart not to. They are now eighteen and eighteen, so they've already rallied quite a bit because they were buried before, like a month ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were out of the playoffs, yeah. which, which was really strange to see. You know, mm-hmm. you don't expect to look up and see the heat out. You know. Yeah, they did. I mean, there's some games where just where they just look miserable, but give them the credit. They, you know, Spolstra does it again. He's turned it around and he's got them playing great defense. Um, Myers Leonard needs to learn how to to talk on on Twitch though, because that was horrible what he said. Like he needs to he needs to pipe down with that. So he's apologized, obviously. But I don't understand how in this day and age you go on in a in a public forum and say just some awful stuff like that. I you mean, know? seriously. I, I mean, I know I mean, he's young, I, but that is just a terrible thing to say. So I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it just it says to me like. This is a word he's throwing around in his yeah in his daily life, you know, and and uh, and he's not thinking twice about it. And he has no ability to filter, uh, you know, some of the, you know, just some just really awful um, racial slurs. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I it, it's it's really disappointing. It, it is. I, it's very disappointing. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you how. You know, the Heat pretty much have to. I mean, he's in the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Heat pretty much have to let him go at this point, right? I mean, yeah. For what it's worth, it, it probably won't be too huge a hit. Like, I think there are much more important players on that team, but he was a decent asset off the bench. So. Yeah. I, I Yeah, they won't. They won't miss him, though. Nah. And they, they won't really won't him. now because of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do, you, how do you tell your, you know, if you have. Jewish fans, and I'm sure there are quite a yeah. few of them in Miami. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. Like, uh, how do you tell him? Like, yeah, this, no, this is okay. You can't do that. I mean, you have to cut the guy now. No, there's no, there's just no getting around that. Yeah. It's pretty deplorable. So, yeah. Um, he's going to have some real rehabilitating to do in the months ahead. And, uh, uh, so the Heat, though, still, they're rolling. You've got Butler, you've got, you've got Bam, you've got, uh, you've got quite a team. This is, this is a very interesting team. So we'll see. Um, they always they draft so well, and yeah. Precious Achua looks like I mean like I'm kind of kicking it myself, you know. Like, how did he fall to the Heat? You know, as all, all the whole time I'm seeing this guy as a lottery pick, and next thing you know, he's the Heat are picking him. <laughs> Dragic too, he's a gamer, right? So that's yeah. that's a good pick, pick, call. Yeah. And... I mean, you know, in fairness, Butler was hurt quite a bit in the in the uh, in the first half, so that was that was a big reason for their disappointing play so um assuming he's healthy now and going forward i think uh i think they'll be i think they'll be fine i mean they they might be the big team that makes a big run you know it's yeah i, I mean i feel like there's a greater chance of the heat being a top four seed than not at this point it's just the coaching is so good on that team you know it's both yeah, and, his, and his assistants like it's just it is gonna i feel like it's gonna happen so, uh, Raptors could make a run, and you know you'd think we're well, the Raptors, but they're seventeen and nineteen. But they were they were a lot worse than that. Like when they started the season, the Pacers. I don't really like the Pacers that much. They're too up and down. I don't, I just think like they're a bit of a mess. I don't think they handle the ebbs and flows of the season well. Like they tend to be caught blindsided with letdown, you know, with letdown games. But on paper, it's a good team. You know, Sabonis has been tremendous this year. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Oladipo, when he's been healthy. Oh, no, but he's now with well, Houston. So he's he's on the Rockets, but yeah. the, the guy I was kind of hoping would, you know, I thought, you know, could help them a lot was Karis LeVert, and obviously he's he's out for a while. Yeah. Um, and T.J. Warren was another one, man. I mean, T.J. Warren had that really right. awesome – second half last year the bubble yeah he and was great in the bubble yeah he's yeah. fantastic so they've been they've been really just dinged with injuries and yeah. um but i i i still am a, am a Karis believer and i think i mean i still think they did they did well in that trade hopefully he can come back and and contribute and and be healthy i'm happy our, for our... him finding his finding that mass though i'm really glad they figured they worked on it and they got it out and Karis LeVert, I mean, my thoughts are with you, man. I, I, I get well soon, buddy. Like that's, I'm thankful that they were able to cure you of that. And he didn't even know it was there, but just you know, just happenstance with the physical. Boy, what a happy accident that was, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you you think about these guys. They're young and they're in great shape, and you don't expect cancer. But you know, I guess it's you know it's. That's the reality is that anyone can but the can get sick and you, yeah. you, know, you just never know. And you just got to take care of yourself and hopefully uh, they can detect things like this early. Yep. And that's the triumph that they detected it so early. So it's, it's very cool. I'm very happy for him. And, and, you know, in a matter of time, hopefully he can get back to playing. And when he does, I feel like that's going to be great for the Pacers. So this will be fun. The Hawks. Now, I don't really think it's going to happen. Because I feel like there's a lot of internal dissension on that team between the coaching staff and they can't really make a decision. Nate McMillan's coaching them now. 
Um, just for like an interim basis, tr- a lot of rumblings about Trey not being a good leader, not being good, not being a good guy behind the scenes. I can't speak to that specifically. And then all these oddball transactions they've made. They've kind of just hovered around where they are four games under 500, but they are technically close to making the playoffs. But I don't know. I don't really buy it. Do you? Uh, buy what? That they can make the playoffs? Yeah, or... can make the playoffs, yeah. Well, I, I did think they would make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. So, okay. um, so yeah, I, I mean, but the, I think the biggest thing for the Hawks was that they got off to that really hot start and, um, and then DeAndre Hunter got hurt. And then they've kind of, since then, they've been miserable. But um, and DeAndre Hunter is uh, really one of the keys to them playing any sort of defense. I mean, he's like he's like a real good, uh, and he had that reputation at University of Virginia as a as a real defensive stopper. But one thing we saw out of him early on, particularly, was um, he he was hitting threes, and he became this real elite three and D player. And let's face it, on a team with um, Trey. Trey Young, uh, you, uh, you you know you need people like that because Trey is his defensive numbers. If you if you ever look at them, are are mind-bogglingly bad. I mean, just some of the stuff is astounding. I mean, he's not even he he's some of these metrics have him as the worst defensive player in basketball by by wide margins. I mean, it's incredible. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, leadership aside, I think that's the big problem with Trey is just that he's just such an awful defender that he's got to, uh, he's got to give you so much on, on, uh, on offense. Funny. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's such a weird situation to be in where, you know, he's great, but if he's your best player, you you know, you, you're going to have problems. Um, but yeah, I, 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 but I, do I buy them as a playoff team? Sure. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I already, you know, the Celtics, they're only three games back of the Celtics, you know, and for the fourth seed. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like they're that far out. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, anything can happen. And uh, hopefully, hopefully DeAndre comes back and they can, they can rebound. Um, but I, it's funny. I have not seen a single Hawks game this year. And the reason I haven't is because I no longer have the RSN that carries them. Oh, Hawks yeah. They got you too, huh? Yeah. They've been I, I can't watch game. any of the games. I can't watch it's any just, of them. And like, it, it's I'm not, such like, a disgrace. I, can't, I, can't. I was, yeah. And I was looking at what providers actually carry them. Because you mm-hmm. have, I have Hulu. You have, uh, YouTube I TV. believe YouTube TV, right? And they don't carry those anymore. No, no. And it, it's like, even like AT&T, you know, I used to have DirecTV, which is owned by AT&T. Mm-hmm. I mean, even AT&T, basically, for new subscribers, they dropped it. You can buy it as an extra. Um, but, you know, I so I can't watch Braves. I can't watch Hawks. I can't watch Atlanta United. And... <sighs> I can't watch this company uh, that took over all these uh, regional networks, Sinclair. Yeah, Sinclair. It's like they're they're trying they're trying to keep people from watching sports. It's like 
they take him off all the streamable services. Yeah. And it's like, what are you trying to do here? Like, you're not going to grow your brand, man. Like, there are fewer and fewer people with traditional cable subscriptions every day. Yeah. And you're not helping yourself by doing this. So I just, they're hurting themselves. They're hurting future generations of sports fans by getting so greedy. You can blame the NBA to an extent too, because maybe they're they're charging too much to carry their games on locally. But I don't know. But between certainly Sinclair is trying a little too hard to uh, utilize to maximize their profit. But I don't understand how taking it away from services is going to help you make make money. Like that's how they they have to be losing a lot of money right now. Oh right? yeah. I mean, Oh, definitely. I mean, how how are they how are they even in business? I mean, like, because I, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I did read an article that they're they're trying to like package it. They're trying to like have like I forget what it's called. They're gonna they're gonna try to bundle all the the RSN like as a as a separate standalone package. But then I don't get how that works because like if I get that, it's not like I can watch, you know, the other teams. Yeah, I can't watch the other teams if you know they're because they're gonna be blocked. Like unless I have a league pass, so. Mm-hmm. But like for example, um, like let's say hockey because I don't have mm-hmm. the whatever it's called center ice or whatever. Um, you know, it's not like I can tune into you know a Blackhawks game because I have the RSN in Chicago, Illinois, um, because it's gonna be blacked out there. So what? How how are they gonna? I don't even understand how that, that conceptually would work. And the only good having you know the well, RSN would be for me right now would be to watch Hawks and Braves and and Atlanta United. But I mean I mean the other stuff, all the other airtime is just filler. Let's face it. Right, right, right. And that's basically what those channels are for. Like, yeah, they can claim. Well, they do. They cover other stuff. You know, like they cover the game. They cover all the local sports. They cover high school sports. It's all well and good, but that's not the real reason most people have those channels. So your summary basically says that what they're doing is they're going to basically separate the channels you used to get as part of your regular subscription and make you pay another like 10 bucks a month just for those two channels. Now, how ridiculous does that sound? It's like, do you really want to pay 10 more dollars every month just for the Hawks? That's basically what they're saying. Like, what do you think? Yeah, no, it's. It, <laughs> I'm an out of town fan, so I, I don't really care that much. Except, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't. It, it'd be nice to be able to watch Hawks games, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is what this is what it is. They're joining forces with Bally's Corporation. Yes. To, yes. That's they, what it is. They're going to be called like. They're going to rename because they they have to do that because yeah. they're not they're they bought this package from Fox. They can't yeah. call it Fox Sports. Because they're not Fox, and the, these channels are no longer operated by the Fox Broadcasting Company, so they have to rebrand it to something else. And that's they've been meaning to do this pretty much since the middle of last year. So I've been wondering for a while, like, who, what are they going to rename the thing? And so they decided to go even cheaper than that, and they're doing naming rights for a regional sports network. And they're gonna call it Bally Sports. What did what, what, you say? What did you see in the article? Is Bally? I, yeah, I, I can't remember Bally's. Yeah, I think Bally's Sports or something like that. Okay, let me get that information. I think it's Bally Sports Network. So yeah, so basically instead of like, um, 
<laughs> when I looked at Bally Sports, I just got the Bally Sports book in Vegas. <laughs> That's funny. Um, now hold on a second. Let me you had that bookmark though, right? So <laughs> yeah. there's, there's sure, no yes, surprise yes, there. I yes, I did. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess the idea is that they're also going to tie it into the Bally's casinos. So there's a Bally's sports app, like for people who are in eligible states to bet on sports. No. So this is going to be tied into that as well. Okay. I'm... Oh man, I can't wait for this to fail miserably. It, so it, we can... Yeah, you're you're right. Because it, it will. It I mean, will. <laughs> what it, are they going to do? They like, are I, not. I, they have no shot. This is not going to end well for them. No, no. I mean, it, I guess. I mean, I guess if I'm living in Atlanta and I'm a Braves and Hawks fan, I will pay that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I I'm not paying. I don't. I. I have to go through a lot of little quirks and details in order to uh, get like just the Clippers and the, the LA Kings channels on because they're part of that too. So I've had to borrow, you know, borrow an account from my grandfather. Oh, so annoying. Cable. It's very annoying. Like I, I'm Wait, like, do you get Lakers game? How do you... No, I, I have to go that route to get the spectrum sports net too, which is not, oh not that's not Sinclair, but you know, it's part of spec, but since, my my grandparents subscribed to Spectrum Cable, like I can do it that way. So that's how I do the Lakers. It's a little roundabout way of getting it to this to these channels, but seriously, it's like, what are we doing? Like, you know, I, this yeah yeah, this local blackout stuff is nonsense. It, it is, is nonsense. It's like my friends have been saying for, and you, are, I'm sure you agree. The idea of local blackouts is ridiculous anyway. Like it's 2021. Like just end this crap. And have us all like use you let us let us go to our local games as well in League Pass, for example, or extra innings or center ice or Sunday ticket, like whatever the sport is. I think this is the time. Yeah, I mean I don't understand how that I mean in theory, yeah, it's like okay, we'll get people to go to the to the arena. To watch and watch on their TV channel too, because like the idea is like you could watch the local channel and you get the local advertising. But when you can't get to the local advertising, like what's the use? Like yeah. I can't even do it now. So it's like I'm, I'm not benefiting from that, and you aren't either. So it's like, oh, that's so annoying. I know. I, maybe I I'll take you. the plunge and get this when it launches, whenever that's supposed to be. But I mean, how how would they have, not have their ducks in a row? I mean, this thing is. <laughs> I, just, I mean, people are sitting around watching TV for like a year. How how is this not I know. watched? It's 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 hopeless. It's like it 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 was a great opportunity to get people to get in on your sports channels to watch games when they were coming out of the lock the shutdown. You know, had baseball on around the clock everywhere, but not in LA. You had to go find the special app just to get to it. I didn't have the Ridiculous. Angels either. Same scenario because we just talked about that. The Sinclair. It's like, ah, uh, uh, It's just, I know that there's more money in sports, but that's just such a, it's just such an ignorant way to go about it. So, it's just too bad. So. Yeah, and if I'm plunking down money for League Pass, you know I'm a serious fan. Just show me the game. Yeah, I didn't watch I the mean, Hawks. I, I mean, like. The local blackout rule is so stupid. It's just yeah. like I know you make more money out of that, but you but that doesn't it but the setup doesn't really give you much out of that 
I don't think so, as it do, as it used to. So it's like the other half of it is that you've they've worked out ways to regionalize local ad like advertisements within a streaming platform, including Week Pass. Like they they can give you like Atlanta area ads like during the commercial breaks. They figured that out. Like they do it on MLB TV. Like they can do LA ads on it during the commercials. Yeah, it's the internet age. I, I go yeah. into my browser and somehow they, you know, they know where I live and, and all this. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, right, it, right. it shouldn't be that hard to master. I mean, I, I should be, you know, turn on a Red Sox game and watching, you know, commercials from that are local. I mean, why, why is this a problem? I, I, I agree. So I think that argument is getting weaker by the, by the day. So why go on? Like, let let's end this regional blackout scenario. And if you want to pay, and it's not like you're paying like ten bucks a month, you know, ten bucks for it. You're paying like hundreds of dollars, like over at least a hundred fifty bucks for a league pass, and about the same for maybe a little bit less for MLB TV, and then for anything else it's like it's football is ridiculous it's like 300 bucks which i'll never do again like i'm not paying 300 bucks for football like that's just too much that's just that's just there's just i just there's nothing that can make that worth it like i i do the red zone channel instead as a kind of like a reasonable um kind of compromise where okay so i don't get all the games but i get enough of the games and then if I want like the best plays from anything else, that's what Red Zone does. So like that's cool, but I can't visualize paying three hundred fifty dollars just for like sixteen weeks of football. Like that's just that's over the top. Like I I I just don't care enough about football to do that. Like that's I look if 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 NBA League Pass were three hundred fifty dollars, would you do that? That just seems like I, is any sport worth that much money every year? I don't know. I mean I'm. I'm kind of a weird case because I, I, my team is always the out of town team. So, mm -hmm. you know, the options aren't that, you know, the local options, particularly here in Atlanta, I'm just not a Hawks or, right, right. you know, or a uh, Braves fan. So it's not, but, but then again, I can't watch them anyway. So it's like, what's the point? <laughs> I mean, if I don't have to, you got your host, I don't have to pass. I get nothing. I mean, yeah. that's true. That's uh, true. But, Anyway, that's just kind of the point. Like, it's just like I feel like we've advanced enough in our ability to transmit these games. Where I don't think you're going to lose that much as a league if you do that. If you just allow the games on all, like even the local game on your service. So, yeah. I I can't see how more visibility is bad for a sport. I I just yeah. fundamentally like, you know, especially now when there's so many other distractions. Yeah. As far as media, like with streaming media and video games and kids, you know, just have, they're just way more distractions than there were, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, much less when, when we were young. Um, yeah. I just, I don't understand how this. They, know, this they're trying to milk what's anymore. left over of the traditional model, but I'm telling you it's dying. Like, the only people that still have like regular cable subscriptions are like older folks who aren't as familiar with Roku and you know Google TV and so on and so forth, right? So, like, do you, do you use Roku at home? What, what's your operating system? 
Yeah, I have I have a Roku mm -hmm. box. Well, I have a number of them, just mm -hmm. kind of all over the place. And then, <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, it's great because I just yeah. get the apps I want. So I've got Hulu for, you know, all the uh, the traditional channels, and then I have Week Pass, and then mm -hmm. I have um, subscriptions to you know like Disney Plus and Netflix and um, you know HBO. Yeah, that sort of thing, and then that kind of covers me and my league yep. pass and MLB and that's it. Away we go. Away you so. go. So that remote you're holding on to for your Roku is the future. And I think, this, yeah. And the present, even the sooner that the leagues, the leagues figure that out and embrace the future to the point where they, a lot, they let the people with that remote get to their games, as opposed to the ones with like the old remote that used to control your direct TV box. Uh, the the quicker they're gonna be on their way to to maximizing their profit with the situation, because you're holding on to the future and they need to figure that out. I am too. I have a remote as like that as well. I have a, you know, my it's built in the TV, but you know, you, I have these apps on the TV. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I'm still I'm still trying to work through what. I mean, you. Right now, if you want to watch those arsons, you really have to have to uh, you know be you have to find a provider that will give that to you because otherwise right. it's just it's it's hard to get. I just ah, it is. I don't know. And you're right; it's even hard at this point to get the provider that has them. Like, even if you wanted to, like, there are some cases where you can't. Like in Santa Barbara, I know that for a time. There was no ability to get a cable cable service that had Sportsnet LA with the Dodgers. So even if you actually wanted to do that, you literally had no way to do it. Like you couldn't do it on MLB TV because you're technically part of the Dodgers market. That's crazy because Santa Barbara is like 100 miles away from LA, but they <laughs> it's considered part of the LA market. Um, but it is, for, for all intents and purposes... And, but you don't have access to the channel that has the, the game. So it's like, that's got to be frustrating. So it is what it is. So, all right, Chris, uh, any final thoughts as uh, we segue from that to the rest of the week of ba basketball? No, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, all-star break is behind us because it, it's kind of weird a few days having no basketball. And then when, and then when it's interrupted with the all-star game, it's just, such a letdown. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Let's second half. Let's kick it off. I'm this ready. weather's out. I mean, you can just feel like spring is here, and uh, birds are chirping, and you know, it just feels like okay, we're on the path to the playoffs, and uh, and good times ahead. So let's 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 get let's get it going. We're, we're on a we're on a good roll here. I'm ready too. Good luck to your second half predictions. I think thank, uh, you. Uh, thank you, and I think I think a lot of them are going to come true, like for both of us. So it'll be fun. Thank you, Chris. Have a great thank week. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right, take care, man. Chris in Georgia, our guest tonight. Good show. Good show. Really enjoyed that, fellas. I say good night. Thank you for your continued support of this program. We are at Dead Cow on Twitter. We are on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Dead Cow. 
we are on the web at dipcow.com where I've reinstated the Dave blog. And we are on Apple Podcasts, Dave in the City Out West. My name is Dave Medina. We hope you've enjoyed this program tonight. And we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.